Good morning. Great to be back. 2022. Happy New Year. Who would have believed it? This year, or last year, has flown, and this is a whole new year. And I'm excited this year because tonight at midnight, we're starting a fast. It's a corporate fast, and we're running all the way through to next Friday, right, which is going to be the 15th at 12 midnight. So we have this opportunity of setting aside our time because fasting is hungering for God. And that's the title of my message. There's a hunger hormone in our bodies called ghrelin, G-H-R-E-L-I-N, that triggers when you don't eat. It's, a, it's an automatic thing that God has built within our system. You don't have to remind yourself. You don't have to set a clock. I think I need to eat now in two hours. What happens is this ghrelin sets off in your tummy a growl. So if you haven't eaten for hours, you hear this growl, this rumble, and especially if you're still full from turkey and ham, right from Christmas all the way through, this is a great opportunity for you to pray and to fast. And the great thing about this ghrelin and when it's in your system, it'll only stop when you feed it. It'll only stop. You might have a bar, fish and chips, a biscuit, whatever you put into it, it will not stop until you feed it. And, you know, when we fast, we operate and we, I believe, we activate a spiritual hormone, a hormone that allows us to seek God more, to seek His face, a hormone, as it were, within the Spirit of God where we can hear Him more clearly. Now, it's not always going to be enjoyable. This fast is not an enjoyable time. So it gets that down, right? You're not going to float on air. You're going to feel hungry. Your belly's going to grumble, <laughs> right? You could, you could have aches and pains, all that. But it's a deep spiritual work that God does within us. And I'm praying that these hunger pans will cause us to pray. I, I, I'm, I'm praying that our, our bellies will rumble and grumble and growl so much that reminds I have to pray. I have to worship. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to connect with God. I'm going to seek His face in a deeper manner. And we're praying that this year will not be just another year, but that 2022 will be a year of breakthrough. Breakthrough in my life, my heart, my relationship with Jesus. Breakthrough within my family, my community, my church, and indeed the nation of Ireland. And I'm praying that this hormone, ghrelin, that God has put within me, will keep reminding me and keep reminding you of what we're about this week. So this year, I'm praying that I will hunger for God. How about you? What's your prayer this year? We don't need another year of mediocrity. We don't need another year of sameness. We need this to be a year where we say, God, I am seeking you. I'm starting off this year, one full week, the first week in January, and I'm going to kick it off, and I'm going to dedicate this time to finding and connecting with Jesus. So the question for you, are you hungry for God? And if you're not hungry for God, let me give you permission. Pray and ask God, would you give me a hunger for you? Would you give me a greater desire for you? Would you give me a greater desire for intimacy? Would you give me a desire to pray more, to talk to Him more? Would you give me a desire for your Word that I would want to be consumed by your Word? Would you give me a desire to worship you more, that somehow every time I worship that I just step into your presence and give me a hunger and a thirst for more of God? Do you know when we 
didn't know Jesus. We didn't hunger after him. He sought us out. He was the prime mover. He moved towards us. He sought us out. He saved us. He cleansed us. He forgave us. But now that we have a relationship, he has given us the opportunity to seeking him. And we know that when we seek him, what happens when you draw near to him? He will draw near to you. Hebrews 10.22 says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So we've got to seek him. And when you seek him, he will be found. And that's what this week's prayer and fasting is setting us up to seek more of God. So just some key points for you. When you don't pray, you go hungry for something that you need. You go hungry. That's the thing. When you haven't spent time with Jesus, he, there's this hunger, there's this, there's this stuff within your heart and your life. And when you take a bit of time to calm, turn off the telly, turn off the internet, turn off your phone, you realize, I have this hunger and I just draw towards God. So, so I'm praying that this hunger will release that realization within your life, I need more of Jesus. The second thing is, when you don't read the Word of God, when you don't read the Bible, you're choosing not to hear His voice. It's, it's a choice. Let me read this, 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all Scripture, all Scripture in this book, all Scripture between Genesis and Revelation is God-breathed. It's His breath. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if you want to be taught by God himself, if you want to gain spiritually godly, life-changing wisdom and knowledge, get into his word. I, I love how the Passion Translation puts it. It says, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into a path of godliness. Then you will be God's servant, fully mature, and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. So do you want to be equipped? Do you want to be fulfilled for the will and the purpose of God? Get into His Word and get His Word into you. Number three, carnality will never satisfy your need for Jesus. When your hunger for God is not met with the right things through His Word, worship, and prayer, you're going to feed it on the wrong things. That, and you know, what happens if I'm hungry, and, and I should have what? A bowl of fruit, maybe an apple, a banana, you know, a, a grapes. I love grapes. I like strawberries. But if I don't have them, and, and there's, a, there's a, a creamy donut beside me. What am I going to I'm going to pick up the creamy donut. I'm going to pick up the chocolate biscuit. That, that's what's happened. I'm going to over Christmas, how many sweets did you eat that you didn't need to eat? So guess what? You're going to fill that hunger with something. And our living example of this is in the Old Testament, Esau, in Genesis 25. Esau was the, his father was Isaac, his mother was Rebekah, and his brother was Jacob, who took his blessing, who took his birthright. But what happened with Esau, Esau was out hunting. And he came back, and it says that his brother was cooking some lentil soup. And Esau said, I'm going to die if you don't give me some food. Right? And what happened? Jacob said, if you give me your birthright, I'll give you some food. 
So Esau, listen to this. Esau allowed his flesh to eat its way through his birthright. Don't allow your flesh to eat its way through the call of God and the purpose of God. I looked up this word carnality. In the dictionary, it says, a preoccupation with the body and satisfaction of its desires. Fasting, prayer, seeking the word and the face of God will allow you to overcome this preoccupation with your flesh. Number four, fasting causes you to break out of your comfort zone. And there's no doubt about it. But the last year and a half, the last 21 months actually, has allowed us to settle in to our comfort zone like never before. Hunger will take you like nothing else will. Hungering for God, fasting and allowing your body to hunger in order to release that spiritual gift within you will allow you to seek the face of God. Matthew 4.2, Jesus said, what? He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. This is a good example. We're not asking you to fast for 40 days. Five days. Start tonight, finish Friday midnight. Five full days of fasting. Jesus did 40. Acts 13.2, the disciples were worshiping and fasting, and the Spirit of God told them to set aside Barnabas and Saul. So the leadership team, they were fasting and praying, and that's when they heard the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Acts 14.23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in each church with prayer and fasting, committed them to the Lord. So, so prayer and fasting has been, especially through the New Testament, pray and to fast. Number five, fasting will move you off the sidelines and back into the game. In the last 21 months, I have seen more people move out of the game onto the sidelines. So instead of participating, they become unlookers. If you want to get back into the game, start praying and fasting tonight at midnight. Let this week be a week that will transform you and change you. Get back into the game. Get back into His will, into His plan and His purpose. And get us moved off the sidelines and become a participant, not just an onlooker. Number six, fasting is not playtime. Do you know when you begin to fast, there's a spiritual dynamic going on. The Lord begins to move, begins to speak, begins to direct your path. And we have an enemy, and the enemy will go to battle with you. The enemy does not want you to be passionate about Jesus Christ. Sometimes all hell breaks out. Sometimes, and I found this with myself and Elizabeth, my wife, sometimes we're in this spiritual battle and we, and we start arguing over, over nothing. We, we, we start fighting with each other, and sometimes we catch it quickly and say, there's something going on. There, there, there's something going on, and we would stop, and we would pray, and we would stop arguing, because we know that we have an enemy, and he wants to stop us from seeking God. Number seven, while you're hunger and fast, God will be working on your family for breakthrough. Some things only happen because of prayer and fasting. There, there are times when the enemy has built a stronghold and somehow or another you can't get through it without prayer and fasting. You have to hunger and have a desire, a, a desperation for God to move. And again, we read in Matthew 9, 29, it's, it's the story of a deaf and mute spirit who attacked a young boy. The disciples came and they prayed him and tried to cast, but couldn't get him out. 
And we read in verse 25, it says, Now, when Jesus saw the crowd was quickly growing, he commanded the demon, saying, Deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. The demon shrieked and threw the body into a terrible seizure and finally came out of him. As the boy lay there, looking like a corpse, everyone thought he was dead. But Jesus stooped down, gently took his hand, and raised him up to his feet, and he stood there completely set free from the demon. Then verse 28 says, Afterwards, when Jesus arrived at the house, his disciples asked him in private, Why couldn't we cast out this demon? He answered, This time, this type of powerful spirit can only be cast out by fasting and prayer. So guys, let us stand in the gap for our family, for our extended family, for our community, and I believe for the nation of Ireland as we fast and pray this week. It's important to understand that fasting is not bending God's will to my will. Fasting is not manipulating God. Fasting is getting me ready for God's answer. Can you get that? So fasting is going to get you ready for His answer. That, that's what it's about. Fa fasting gets me ready to say, not my will be done, but your will. Fasting prepares me to say, I must decrease, you must increase. Fasting also increases our receptivity to the voice of God. If you think of it, when I, when I fast in prayers, as if my antenna goes up, as if somehow or another I get a powerful Wi-Fi. It's as if my Bluetooth is certainly becomes alive and I can hear the still, small voice of God. So what, what is fasting? Fasting is an invitation. It's an invitation from God, from your Father in heaven, to come and to seek His face. You don't have to do it. If you don't fast this week, Jesus is not going to love you any less. You're not going to become a second-class second Christian. You, you, you can't be saying, well, I'm too immature. It's, it's not to do with that. It's an invitation from him to seek his face. He loves us unconditionally. But remember, we only fast twice a year, usually the first week in January and the first or second week in September. So set this week aside. Seek his face. Secondly, part of this is fasting is, is a grace. Somehow there's a, a mysterious connection between fasting and the Spirit of God. And I want to tell you that as soon as you begin to fast, that the grace, the unmerited favor of God comes alongside you and allows you to fast. If you have never fasted, don't think that it's something that's impossible. You can do it. You really, really can. I want to encourage you, the moment you step in, God steps in by His grace and allows you to go through the fast. Another point is fasting is humbling yourself before God. It says, Lord, I need your intervention in my life. I need your intervention in my family. I desperately need your intervention for my community and the nation of Ireland, north, south, east, and west. What we're seeing, God, is I am on bended knee. I'm going without food. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm seeking your face because I desperately need you. You are God, and I am not. It is humbling ourselves. Matthew 23, 12 says, Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So just begin fasting, and it's a way of humbling ourselves. And, and fourthly, what is fasting? Fasting is an act of worship. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, 
I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So offer your bodies, offer your appetite. You see, food is good. Food sustains us for life. But we're giving up something good for something far better. We're, we're giving up something good that we might hunger for God, that we would seek His face, that we would have intimacy, that He would know His will, that He would hear His voice, that we would love Him deeper, and that we could trust Him more. Guys, this is really worthwhile to do this. Number five, fasting is a spiritual discipline through what? Expressed through a physical act. Again, please do give up TV, fast TV, phone, social media, or anything else that would distract you from your time of prayer and your time with God. But I want to encourage you, please do fast. Please do do without food. Do that and allow God to do something new in your life. So how does God answer prayer? What's this about? I, I believe that God answers prayer in three ways. Number one, there's times that God said yes, and we see the miracle and the miraculous before us. There's other times when God says no, and it's no, and it's a closed door, and that's it. And then there's times that God says, not yet. This is not the time. You're not ready. Let, let me give you more time to mature. Whatever that might be, the three ways. And, and I want to, to tell you the story about someone called David. He's King David. We, we know him as David and Goliath. David became a king, and, and the opening lines in, in Samuel says, in the spring, when kings go to war, David stayed at home, which is not a good sign. And one night, David was on the roof. He couldn't sleep of his palace, and he looked across the way, and he saw a young lady having a bath. Her name was Bathsheba. And of course, he fancied her, and he sent for her, slept with her, and she became pregnant. And, and he tried to change things around and make things right for himself. She was married to a guy called Uriah who was on the front lines, and he was battling. So he sent for Uriah to come back and sleep with Bathsheba, but he didn't. He, he, he was committed to the army. He was committed to his leaders. He was committed to the nation, and he didn't sleep with her. So David arranged that he would be killed on the front lines, and so Uriah was killed. And then sometime after that, he got Bathsheba, he married her, she became pregnant and had a child. And then we're going to read in 2 Samuel 12. We see that the prophet, the man of God, the mouthpiece of God, came to him, right, and confronted him. And David repented and he said, I have sinned against God. And Nathan said, because of your sin, there are certain things going to happen, but one of them is the child that has been born to you by, by Bathsheba is going to die. So let's take up the story. It says, after Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and went to his house and spent the night lying on the ground. David noticed his servants were whispering among themselves. And he realized that the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked. 
Yes, they replied. He is dead. So just stop there for a moment and think, what would your response be? How would you begin to, to process this? You, he, he prayed, he fasted, he cried, he sought, but his child had died. And look the response of David. Verse 20 says, Then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to the, his own house, and at his own request, they served him food, and he ate. His servants asked him, Why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept, but now that the child is dead, you got up and eat. He answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Guys, just looking at this one scripture only, please do not try and force God's hand. Please do not try and pray and fast in order to manipulate God. As we begin to fast tonight, seek His face, seek His will, and let us align our desires with His will. Come with bended knee before the God of heaven and earth as we enter into 2022. So as we finish, how do we prepare for fasting? Again, just a couple of little points. So right now, what do you sense the Spirit of God saying to you? Do you sense Him drawing you? Do you sense Him drawing you to one side and say, I want you to seek the face of God? Because fasting is hungering for God. So I want you to hunger for God, for more of Him. Do you sense that? And if you sense that, I, I, I want you to begin to write that down. And determine what kind of a fast that you're going to have. Now, we've called a fast from midnight tonight till midnight on Friday. So that's the timeline. But you know something? You might go longer. You, you might go for a 10-day fast, a 21-day fast. I know some people in their lives, I've never done it, who've done a 40-day fast. And, the, and they lie, they're, they're still alive. <laughs> they didn't starve to death. They're still alive. So you determine what kind of a fast you're going to have. I would encourage you to, to write this down. This is so important. Write it down somewhere. Write down, I am starting a fast tonight. I believe that God is calling me to hunger and thirst for Him. I believe that God is calling me to one side. Because this what can happen. You're into your fast, day two, day three. The hunger pangs, the growls are coming. You think, ah, sure, the church, that's their fast. Ah, I wasn't really, I didn't really want to be part of it. Sure, I did it for a day or two, it's not grand. No, write it down. Know your commitment. So when the hunger comes, when the small, still voice of the enemy comes, or the loud voice of the enemy comes, right? Be determined. I've started, and I'm going to complete this work. Again, some of us may not be able to do a full fast, right? Either because of a medical condition or perhaps medication that you're on, but determine how you will fast. For some of us, we might be able to just have one meal a day. And that's when we take our medication. But again, check with your doctor. What has he prescribed? How can you participate in this? So just because you have to have one meal a day doesn't mean that you're not, of course you're participating. But you've got to look after your body, right? You've got to use your common sense and you've got to be medically aware. 
Number three, some of us will have reactions, physical reactions, when we fast. You can get a white coating on your mouth. Your breath can begin to stink. Yeah, here's some of you saying your breath already stinks, but it's going to stink more, right? So what I would recommend is that drink a lot of water. You know, ease off the tea and the coffee. If you feel tired, sleep more. Some people, when they're fasting into the third day, the fourth day, you know, they get up really quickly and they feel a little lightheaded. Well, get up slowly. <laughs> Just be, be aware of your body. Be aware of this fasting. Sometimes you may think that your brain is a little foggy. That's okay. That, that too will pass. Remember, when you're praying and fasting, God is doing a deep spiritual work within your heart. And we have an enemy, and this enemy is really happy when you're lukewarm, when you're living a life of mediocrity, or when you live a life and you say, Asher, to be grand, I'm not going to worry. That's what he loves. Do you know what he hates? He hates Christians that are on fire for Jesus. He hates Christians that have a fire and a passion within their belly, who pray and fast and seek God, who witness and are a living witness. That's what he hates. So we have an enemy, and be aware that that enemy will come against us. But what we're praying for, we're going to pray that my life will change, that my family will change, that my community will change, and that somehow or another we will change the nation through the power of the Spirit of God. So guys, no more mediocrity. No more lukewarmness. We want to be passionate for Jesus Christ. Let me say this. Make this statement. The path of least resistance leads to crooked rivers and crooked men. So don't take the easy way. Don't take the easy way. Take the high road. Take the biblical road. Pray fast and seek God. Our Lord says, through the book of Philippians, he said, Philippians 1, 6, he says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So I believe he's going to help you get through this good work. This is part of our good work. It's part of our journey. It's part of maturing. Start tonight at 12. Allow the grace of God, the provision of God, and the presence of God to bring us through next Friday or even after that, if that's your desire. Now, I know that you all here have prayer needs and prayer desires, and you probably will have a prayer list. But what I'd like you to do is to add to that prayer list. And here are some things. Pray that we as a church, open arms, will burn with a new passion for Jesus like never before. Pray that we will reach our communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray that our priority will be for the lost to reach every man, woman, and child in this nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'd love you to pray for Sean and Jill. Sean is our, our lead pastor, Jillian, for their boys, Levi, Liam, Isaac, and Brandon. Pray for our leadership team. Pray for our staff, for God's protection and God's encouragement. And remember, this week, we're not just praying for ourselves. I'll be praying for my family, for Sean, my child, for my grandkids, and for an entire generation that has yet to be born. We are praying that we will change the nation of Ireland. We are praying that God would begin with me and begin with you. And if you're here today and you hear me talking about Jesus 
and here we're talking about passion, but you've never committed your life to Jesus. He's here. He's knocking at the door of your heart. In the last book, the book of Revelation, chapter 320, says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and invites me in, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Let me give you the, the nearly Irish version. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Perhaps even before you looked online, perhaps you, before you ever came to look at church or hear worship or hear his word, he's knocking at the door of your heart. And if you have never invited Jesus Christ into your life, he's not there. You see, he says, I'm standing at the door and knocking if you open the door. So I want to give you the opportunity of opening the door of your heart right now and let this, the ninth day of January 2022, be a new beginning and a fresh start. So if you want to pray with me, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Lord, I am a sinner. I have failed you. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to take my guilt, to take my shame. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you've said that prayer for the first time, if you go to openarms.ie forward slash connect, and there's a connect card online, and there's two boxes there. One is I'm committing my life to Jesus, or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. Allow us to help you take the next step. Allow us to, to introduce you to this Jesus who's got a plan and a purpose for your life. So just go online, give us the details, your phone number, your email, and we will be in touch with you this week. But as we finish, allow me to pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's smile be upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace, his presence, his provision, beginning right now through our prayer and fasting all the way through 2022. In Jesus' name. Amen.